Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, here to share everything, speech, language, play, development, and all that other stuff that falls in between. So, world changers, I've got a few announcements today, and I rarely have announcements these days, but things are moving, and so I want to bring stuff to y'all first. One. If you follow me on social media, then you might have noticed that the past few weeks I have posted virtually nothing. Why? Because I have been focused with my team on my new website devoted to you guys. So when you guys are done listening to this episode, go ahead and check out my new website, www.ivegotthiskid.com. There you can find announcements, my new book launch is is there so you can join the interest list and events that are coming along with that it's called watch me connecting to your child through play and this is just a powerful book that is going to get you world changers doing some fun hands-on stuff and the why behind it and you know me i like taking the complex and making it simple and that's what this book does as soon as you put it down you will have real things to go do with your sugar And I just love challenging you world changers to try new. And that's what this book is all about. I love it. I love it. I love it. I've been working on it for some time and it's near and dear to my heart. But you can also join the interest list at www.ivegotthiskid.com. Also, webinar offerings. Now, last fall, I started talking about webinar offerings and I wanted to make sure that stuff was right for you guys. I never want to be that person that's just putting out stuff to be putting out stuff. That's not how I roll. I want to put thought and time and energy and effort into it. And so I've been working on some webinars that I think will be just wonderful for you guys out there. And finally, the final thing that you'll find on my new website is the opportunity to become a member of this awesome community. Um, I can't express when I say how excited I am to come to this space, to come to this platform, to feel like you guys are sitting there across from me and we're at a table or a cafe and we're just discussing real things that go on with you guys, with parents, stuff that I've even been through and continue to go through as a parent, as we, as we look at what is this parenting thing all about? What is it like living with a child with speech and language delays? What does, what does that all mean? But I love being in this space. And again, I am devoting myself more so to this space, 2021. Now to make it official, you can become a Patreon member. That makes you an official member of the community. So I can continue to keep this party going. So I can continue to come to you guys. And depending on the membership level, I think it starts at like a dollar a month. All the way up from there, we can even have personal hangout time. So it doesn't just feel like I'm talking to you guys. I can see you face to face from wherever it is that you are. And we can talk and chat and hang out and just do together because I am so committed to this space and I just love being in this space. And I want to continue to just be here with you guys week by week. So for this month, we are continuing with child behavior, because I know I always talk about the speech and language diagnosis, but I'm breaking down a lot of those, those doors to kind of expand that, that idea that 
Shireen only talks about speech. Shireen only talks about language because you know what? When you world changers come into my office, I don't only just talk about speech and language. We talk about other things that have an impact, behavior that has an impact on overall growth and development and cognition and all that other stuff that falls between. So I really wanted this month to focus on behaviors that you may not always hear your speech pathologist talk about because we usually think about speech sounds or the child can't use sounds, but other real pragmatic things, social things that can get in the way. And so today we're going to be talking about my toddler is nonverbal. How can they make friends? Now, you know, when I said this title, when I introduced this title to my team, they, they just kind of looked at me blank. But world changers, I want you guys to know that I'm not just a clinician by trade. I also, in my own family, have kiddos who have speech and language, developmental delays, different kinds of things going on. In fact, my niece, my favorite niece, she has Down syndrome and we kind of grew up together. I'm not that much older than, than she is. And watching her thrive, watching her grow, talking about her over the years, especially once I went to grad school for speech, just talking about her and understanding her in a much different way. Like she was always who she was and she's always had just this amazing personality. Like you can't buy personality and character. And my niece is just one of those people that when you see her, when you talk to her, not only does she light up your world, she lights up the space and she just, she will challenge you. And she, and she will say stuff that people don't expect a child, well now an adult with Down syndrome to say, but for a simple reason, she's human. And with every human, there comes character. And, you know, with every human, there comes assumptions. And there just seems to be a little bit more assumptions for our sugars who are either neurodivergent or have diagnosis that make them, quote unquote, atypical as compared to same age peers. But we never treated her that way in our family. We treated her like herself. And my sister always did an amazing job to make sure that she had and has the best quality of life based on where she's functioning. And she has done a phenomenal job with her. But I say all that to say it's gotten me thinking more and more about our sugars who are nonverbal. Now, in my case, my niece is completely verbal, conversational, can have a whole conversation with you with just about everything that's, you know, within her wheelhouse. But for our sugars out there, who haven't quite gotten language, who haven't quite gotten the words together. I want you world changers to bear this in mind, in the front of your mind, right? That no matter who we are, we come to this world with some kind of personality, some kind of character, some kind of desire and drive to be with other humans, to have a connection with other humans. Nothing exempts this population <laughs> and our nonverbal sugars from wanting to have those same connections. Now, it might not look traditional, but I feel like we can do the things that we can do to set up opportunity to make sure that nonverbal sugars or sugars with limited verbal communication can have meaningful relationships. And so if you're asking yourself like, well, can a nonverbal sugar make friends? The short answer is yes. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. It's about how we create opportunity, how we respond, 
and how we allow others to respond to our sugars. If we can handle those th- those three things, then guess what, world changers? Any sugar, verbal or nonverbal, can make friends. So let's get into it. First things first, in the world do you need to make friends? Well, this is what we all need, whether we have words or not. We need attention. We need the ability to attend, to focus on the same thing at the same time as someone else. That's joint attention, right? We're looking at the same thing. We're focused on this toy. We're focused on this ball. We're focused on whatever it is that we're focused on. And if a sugar doesn't have words, but they can pay attention, chances are they can sit side by side or face to face with another sugar and engage together. That's simple. If a sugar has difficulties paying attention, now this is verbal or nonverbal. It doesn't matter if sugar is verbal or nonverbal. If attention is difficult for them, chances are a moderator needs to be present to ensure that nonverbal cues are being picked up on, are being interpreted, and the sugar who is verbal is not assuming or monopolizing the play. The next thing you need, play skills. Sugar needs play skills. Play skills are the ability to appropriately engage with a toy or an activity. That could be a ball. That could be Play-Doh. That could be wind-up toys. That could be stackable blocks. That could be puzzles. That could be sky's the limit. That could be swings. That could be a slide. That could be a cardboard box and whatever you guys create together. If sugar is nonverbal and has appropriate play skills, chances are they can make a friend. Why? Because chances are another sugar on the playground loves the exact same thing your sugar loves. And if they love it together, then guess what? That's the building blocks of a friendship. Huh? Think about it. We are friends with people that we have commonalities with. A nonverbal sugar can respond to rolling the ball. A nonverbal sugar can respond to playing tag. A nonverbal sugar can take turns building Lego towers. It doesn't take words in order to have these opportunities. And as a matter of fact, it's through these natural opportunities that our verbal sugar is using the language to help out our nonverbal sugar by describing what's going on, giving opportunities for sugar to imitate those words and build up that language. But again, in some cases, it requires a moderator just depending on what else is going on. And so you think about it, if you really think about it, world changers, how much nonverbal communication do you use? Let's say, for example, you're sitting on the couch and someone comes into the room while you're watching TV and you're really into the show and they don't say a word to you, but they come and they take a remote and change the channel to their station. No words were used there, but communication was happening. And so we, we think sometimes with our nonverbal sugars that because they don't have verbal language that they're not communicating with us. And that's not true. We probably use more nonverbal communication than we do verbal communication. Think about on the road, in the car. When we're driving alongside other people, we communicate a lot, right? And so it's the same thing. It's all about how we think about it, which goes back into how we respond and how we allow others to respond. If we make the assumption that a nonverbal sugar doesn't have a desire to communicate, doesn't have the desire to have those exchanges, then we honestly miss out on a very powerful personality because they have to work all the more harder to get their thoughts and ideas across. Next thing, willingness to take turns. 
If sugar is nonverbal and has good attention and good play skills, guess what? All they need next is the willingness to turn take. And turn taking is one of those things that is universal. I don't know any toddler that loves turn taking. I just don't. I don't know any toddler who's super excited about sharing and it's developmentally appropriate. I want you world changers to be mindful that when we're thinking about nonverbal toddlers, if they're not willing to share, are we putting unrealistic expectations on them not wanting to share versus children who are verbal who don't want to share as well? So I think it's just a developmental thing. And we should just come into the situation knowing that no, no little sugar is excited about sharing. And they are probably going to need a moderator to make sure that a few things happen. One, power struggles. If sugars are learning how to turn take and they are learning how to turn take during those toddler years, a moderator usually needs to be present at some point, whether the sugars are verbal or nonverbal, to make sure that these struggles aren't happening. Two. To model turn taking. What does it look like to have your turn, my turn, and to know that play isn't being taken away, but that is being enhanced by having another partner there? They haven't quite figured that out yet. They're learning it now. That's the purpose of the moderator. Three, to be a moderator that influences fair turn taking, to make sure that if Sally gets three minutes, then Henry gets three minutes. And if Sally gets three seconds, then Henry gets three seconds. Whatever it is, we're making sure that it's equitable. Number four, to discern when turn-taking needs to end. Now, this is where us as the moderator or the, the, you know, third wheel, making sure that play is going the way that it goes. This is key for us to be able to discern how sugars are responding and reacting to the play and when they're tired of the play, when it's time to move on, not on our terms, but on their terms and being really respectful of that space. Next thing they need, a communication modality. So even if they're not using verbal language, sign language is super helpful. Teaching early signs, that's really become popular over the last 10 plus years of teaching um, little sugars how to sign. I taught both my little ones how to sign and they're both verbal, but teaching sign language just helps with early communication and really basic signs. It doesn't even have to be super complex. More, all done. Bye-bye, thank you, please, want, know, and more, eat. Stuff like that, really simple stuff. 10 to 15 signs can help any nonverbal sugar out. Using a speaking device, those are super helpful. It can be high-tech. At this age, I usually recommend low-tech just so that way you don't have to worry about it breaking. And what I mean by low-tech is like a picture exchange system versus high-tech. That's like your iPad or your speaking devices, your computerized speaking devices. And so I've talked about what skills sugar needs in order to make friends, but we should also be communicating and practicing communication to enhance language, whether that's verbal or nonverbal. And I'm usually a strong believer to try for verbal at this age, verbal language at this age that can also be used in concert with another tool just because we want to try as much as possible while the brain is so young and fresh and all the neurological foundational things are taking place during this time, usually at this age, it's our best chance to get language in. And so we want to try as much for verbal language, but also if we need to get a device or something else to help through or using sign language, I have no problem with that. And 
my last piece on that is that every sugar is different, right? Every sugar is completely different. No family, no sugar is the same. And so you have to find the modality that works best for your family. And that's when a professional comes into place to help let you know, like what the offerings are and not necessarily what they're comfortable with, but what's working for you guys and what works for you guys as a family. So that's why I want to make sure you world changers are getting yourself tooled up with professionals that are genuinely there working with you as a partner. Another thing that a nonverbal sugar needs in order to make sure that they're able to to have a play partner, to make a friend, is the willingness to provide opportunity. Now, this has nothing to do with the little sugar, right? It's up to us. This is where we come in. This is where we take charge because guess what? I don't know too many two-year-olds who get to pick and choose where they go and wake up and have the decisions made around and the opportunities made around what's going to happen in their lives. And so that's where we come into play. And world changers, I am not insensitive to the fact that diagnosis, especially early diagnosis, it can honestly seem like the end of the world when you first find out that sugar is not meeting milestones or sugar is not doing um, developmentally maybe what some siblings were doing or what you see the peers at school doing or whatever it is that comes along with that feeling of my sugar is not meeting milestones. So I know like it is an interesting and difficult time. But on the other hand, maybe believing that sugar is going to catch up, believing that sugar needs to have all of these skills in place first before they have an opportunity to make a friend is almost a little bit of a disservice to them because pragmatics are being established at this age. And even if they have this gap, they should still have the opportunity to know what it feels like to make a connection with someone outside of the household And we should give them the opportunity to decide for themselves how they want to connect and if they want to connect with other sugars. And so even if you've received the worst information and the worst outcome, there's always something to work on. And I've had so many world changers who come through my office and when they get these diagnoses, it's almost like in certain situations, they get these life sentences on what their sugar is never going to be allowed to do or the things that they won't accomplish. And a lot of times that stuff is hogwash. A lot of times it is, yes, there's some truth to it. And yes, sugar is going to have to fight a lot harder, but none of us can predict professional or unprofessional what a sugar will or won't be able to do. I've had diagnosis where sugar's parents were told they would never be able to talk. They talk. They would never be able to walk. They walk. They would never be able to do this. The only thing that stops that is us stopping the opportunity. And so to me, the same thing holds true when making sure that we're giving them opportunity to make connections with other little sugars out there. And so this is when it becomes crucial to partner with other providers, to partner with people who are on the same page with you. Because if you guys are on two different pages and, and you're not getting the opportunities or the access that you need, then chances are then we're missing progress and we're missing pushing to purpose and we're missing being able to make the most out of these opportunities. And so if nothing else, world changer, I say try. 
try to figure out what works for your sugar, refine, and just continue to just go on. And I want you guys to ask yourselves during this process, is your sugar's educator or school setting or wherever setting up opportunities for sugar to meet people that you have something in common with? And that's also assuming that the things that I listed above, attention, play skills, turn-taking, that those things are already pre-established because you do need those things in order to have some kind of relationship or some kind of interaction. Everybody needs those things in order to have some kind of interaction. But we want to make sure that sugar is getting opportunities to meet up and hang out with people that they have stuff in common with. Then ask yourself, am I personally creating opportunities to learn my sugar's personality beyond the areas to learn what would be a good fit friend for them. I mean, we got to start somewhere. And so learning your sugar's personality is not only beneficial to you, but also beneficial to your sugar. And I'm telling you, world changers, that I think for me, if I did not have my older sister as a model showing me without telling me to treat my niece as a human when I was super young, then that would have been something that I think I would have missed out on. And I don't think we would have known her personality to the extent that we learned her personality over the years because she was she was straight up treated like all the other kids. And there was no difference in that. And I think it made all the difference in her world. And finally, am I assuming that because they can't talk, they can't connect? Well, we know that that's not true because think about babies. They come on the scene and they're not talking. They're making some sounds. And we're certainly taking the time and making effort to communicate with them, to understand them. And just because they become a little bit older and they're not meeting those language, those expressive language milestones, doesn't mean, again, that they're not communicating and that they can't make connections with the world around them. So don't make those assumptions. So we should be super proactive to learn who they are to help navigate them because you would be shocked and surprised what the outcomes are. And I think you will be honestly pleased to really know that your sugar does have a chance at making connections with real people, having real friends and doing real things and integrating into society, just like everybody else. So you might be wondering at this point, where can you go to find these people? Where are these people? Help me out. I would start with the classroom. I would start once if you're depending on what region you're in and if your world is opened up, play groups, parks, parks are slowly opening back up. I'm seeing more and more people socially distancing and socially gathering at parks, but on their own little circle from their own household. So meeting up at parks, meeting different people. I was at the bookstore the other day and I met a lady and we socially distanced and had a good 20 minute conversation about our kids and homeschooling and all of that other good stuff. Never met her a day in my life before that. But the world is slowly starting to open back up and the same opportunities can be provided for your sugar. World changers, this one is, I know, one of these subjects, when you look at the title, you think about the content, you're like, it's almost impossible. But let me tell you, world changers, something. Nothing is impossible if we reframe our mind, we create opportunity, and we honestly give the chance. We don't know until we try. And so I want you guys to make the most of this time with your sugar, as well as providing the best opportunity for them to make friends, to have a connection. 
We all need one another. I don't care what this world tries to tell you and YOLO and solo and all that Bobo stuff, but people need people in some way, shape, form or fashion. And not just to dispose of people, but to have a real connection with other other people in this world around them. So don't give up, y'all. Keep trying. And as much as I enjoyed sharing this information, I enjoyed connecting with you all. And I'm hoping that hope was inspired for some of you guys out there who didn't even think that it would be possible for your nonverbal sugar to make friends. It's possible. I'm telling you that they can. I'm telling you, I'm a true believer that they can. And hey, help them out. Help them through this. Make sure to tune in to next week's episode where we're going to finish up the child behavior series. We're going to be discussing (laughs) my toddler won't sleep. Please give me some tips to help. Oh my gosh, a toddler who's not getting the sleep that they need. Oh, I can't wait to dive into that one because ooh, that will rock the whole household. This is an episode you surely don't want to miss. Also, check out past episodes. Join our community where you can like, subscribe, share, and most importantly, ask questions. And don't forget, go check out the new website, www.ivegotthiskid.com. I can't wait to join up and meet up with you guys there, y'all. Remember, world changers, there's no such thing as a silly question, rather an unanswered question. So keep sending yours in to questions at I've got this We would love to hear from you until the next time, world changers. Take care. <laughs>